Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Tonight is going to be a special holiday. It is a special biblical holiday. I want to talk about the biblical holiday known as Yom Kippur. Do you know how we have all these holidays going on out there that are nowhere in the Bible at all? And most Christians are following those secular holidays, and they don't even know about the holidays that's in God's Word that God says, these are the holidays I want you to do. So I like to talk about the holidays when we hit them, and we're in Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur is also known as the Day of Atonement, and it is the very most solemn holy day of all the feasts and festivals in the Bible. So where does this Day of Atonement come from? What, what is this? What is it all about? What happens on Yom Kippur? Well, that was the day when the high priest was, suppo- he was supposed to go into the temple. Remember, you had the temple. Before the temple was the tabernacle. It was like a portable version of a temple. You had an outside court. You had an inside and a center holy of holies that nobody could go in there. So holy. It was blocked off with a big veil because we were sinners and it separated us from God. Don't come in here. But once a year, the high priest was to do these elaborate rituals. He would go in there the, just one time a year was it to atone, which means to cover. Atone means to cover, to atone for the sins of the people. Now, you could say that the day of atonement is the day of covering. You could call it that because all of our sin is, needs to be covered. Now, it's kind of like when I got in trouble for sweeping, I swept it under the rug. I covered it. (laughs) It was still in the house, but I covered it up. You couldn't see it. That was kind of the the point here is to cover it so that God could deal with his people, Israel, and not have to see that that mess. Just cover it up. Once a year, we're going to cover it. So Leviticus 16 and verse 1, the Day of Atonement. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered profane fire before the Lord, and died for it. Verse 2, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. This is something interesting about the Ark of the Covenant. You know, I know a lot of people, the most they know about the Ark of the Covenant is that Indiana Jones went and got it in Raiders of the Lost Ark. We got to see it. We had a fight on a truck and all that kind of stuff. That was cool. One of my favorite movies. But what the Ark was, it stayed in the very center, 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 in the middle of the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and later on in the temple. Nobody was to go in there. He just told him, don't just come here in here anytime. And God's presence rested on that ark. That's where God rested there. We just read it. He said he would appear in a cloud above the mercy seat of that ark. So this was setting up here for performing the atonement ritual 
and the atonement ritual, it began with Aaron. He was the high priest. And then from Aaron, this, this ritual was passed down each year to whoever was the high priest of Israel. Now, the high priest is the only guy that can go in there. Quick gospel parallel. Only one high priest, Messiah Jesus, can come into this Holy of Holies here into my heart. So only the high priest could go in there. Now, this Day of Atonement, it's so serious. And that's why we're talking about it today. It is so incredibly serious. It's so formal. And it's so sincere that God warned Aaron, don't just come in here whenever you feel like it, except for this one day, this once a year, or else he would literally die. If he went in there when it was not time, the rituals weren't right, God would literally kill him. Now, you're, whoa, God would kill him. That's not the God I serve. Well, guys, our sin provokes God's wrath, and we deserve death for it. So stay out of here. Don't go in unless it's time. So sin ultimately produces death. It also, dying and it, by going in at the wrong time, that would also demonstrate that God has great wrath against our sin. God is furious with our sin. That's why we need it covered up. That's why we need it atoned for so that he doesn't take his wrath out on us when it's covered. So this ceremony was not to be taken lightly. And the people were to understand that atonement for sin was to be done God's way. You do things God's way. You don't try to fix it your way. First of all, you can't fix it. We're the ones that messed up. And you ever noticed in life that the more you try to fix something that you messed up, the worse it gets? (laughs) Okay, God says you're going to do this my way. So Leviticus 16 and 3, thus Aaron, just him, Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash and with the linen turban, he shall be attired. These are holy garments, therefore he shall wash his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, and one lot for the Lord, and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell, and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it, and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. We're going to talk a little bit more detail about that. So before Aaron could even enter the tabernacle, he had to do certain things. He had to do things to purify. It said he was supposed to bathe, and he was supposed to put on special garments that were reserved for the high priest. Now, nobody dressed like this. Nobody put these kind of clothes on. He had special clothes. I'm telling you, when the priest walked through town looking like that, everybody goes, that guy looks different. And that's why the word says he is to be holy. friends. When we walk among the world, people are supposed to look at us and go, wow, they look different. That's a representation of holiness. You're not supposed to look like everybody else. 
Then the high priest would sprinkle the blood of the bull onto the Ark of the Covenant. So imagine this beautiful golden Ark and you're throwing blood on it. And the purpose for this, why throw blood on it? Well, as I said already, sin produces death. Sin ultimately, when it's full grown, when it's fully mature, it kills. But blood represents life. You ever seen the the Give Blood bus that pulls up? It says, give the gift of life. Okay, blood is symbolic of life. The purpose of doing this, he throws the blood on it, it covers. You have life covering sin is is the point of this. And since this is the day of atonement, the day of covering, then lifeblood was used as a covering for sin. You got to cover sin with the opposite. Death has to be covered by life. Blood had to be used for the covering. And so now why was the blood sprinkled on the ark? Because the lid of the ark, the top of it, that was known as the mercy seat. In Hebrews 9 verse 3, It says, and behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Okay, so the lid on the Ark is called the mercy seat. And this is where God's presence rested at. I kind of try to think of it like this. Jesus came to dwell among men in the New Testament. He came to be with us in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, God also dwelled among men, but he dwelled with them on the mercy seat of the ark. He was tucked way back in the Holy of Holies. Nobody could go in there. It's very different from when Jesus came here. Jesus came here, he touched lepers and infectious people, and he, he probably gave hugs and shook hands, whatever it was their thing to do. He was with people very closely. But in the Old Testament, God was tucked way back in this room. You can't come in here or you'll die. So why was he tucked away like this back in the Old Testament? Because man's sin had created a separation, and God wanted to keep separate from man's sin. So, But it's from this mercy seat. That's the place where God was supposed to dispense mercy to man. I will dis- he says, I will dispense mercy unto you once blood of atonement was sprinkled there, once life had covered it. See, this was a picture for us to understand. He wanted them to do this ritual so that we could get the picture that it takes blood life to cover death. And to get that blood, somebody's got to die. Somebody has to die to shed blood for our covering. There's a picture of Jesus Christ way back in the Old Testament. So he dispensed mercy to man when the blood of atonement was sprinkled there. So as we read, Aaron was to bring two goats. One goat was sacrificed for Israel's sins, and its blood was sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. And the other goat was used as a scapegoat. They they threw lots to determine which goat is going to be the scapegoat and which one is going to be the one that was killed and have its blood sprinkled. So you've probably heard of that term called a scapegoat before. A scapegoat is when you put all the blame on somebody else and you make them take the fall for it. So they would get this scapegoat. Aaron would place his hands on the scapegoat's head, and that was kind of a symbolic of transference from my sin is going to transfer to this scapegoat, and he would confess the Israelites' wickedness onto that scapegoat. 
And then it talked about sending the scapegoat out into the wilderness. So it's kind of like once the scapegoat took the transference, now they're going to send it out of the country and get it out of here. Now that goat would carry on itself all the sins of the people, which were forgiven for one more year. Because by the next year, you got to do all this again. Leviticus 16.11. And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as the sin offering, which is for himself. He was doing all this work, but verse 11 says it was for his own atonement, just for him. Friends, if the high priest was going to step into the Holy of Holies and be a mediator for all the people of Israel, then he himself had to be cleansed from all sin before he could be a mediator for anybody else. It's kind of like the requirements of a pastor. It says you've got to have your house in order. Before he could be a mediator and do work for other people, he had to be right first. Friends, there's another picture of Jesus Christ right here. The only way that Jesus could go and be our sacrifice was that he had to be sinless. He had to be perfect. So here's the same thing. The high priest had to be clean in order to mediate for the entire nation of Israel. That's why he did a sacrifice just for him and his house. Christian, here's a little piece for you. If you're going to go out there and declare the gospel of people, you better be right with the Lord your God. Don't tell people about Jesus and then turn around and go do all that filthy stuff that God's word says not to do. You got to get right. You got to get clean. You got to look holy. You got to have it where people look at you and go, what's, what's with that guy or what's with her? Man, she's different. I'm clean before my Lord. I'm doing the best I can to stay clean before the Lord God, or else you lose the right to tell people about the gospel in a way that they're going to buy it. People look at you, and you've got this filthy, trashy, terrible life, and you tell them, oh, you should follow Jesus like I do. Well, why should I follow Jesus when you look filthy like that? I don't want him. So he had to be clean in order to do this work for the entire nation of Israel. Leviticus 16 and 12. Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord with his hands full of sweet incense beaten fine and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony lest he die. Again, do it right or you're gone, buddy. This is very serious. Christian, do it right or you may face some consequences you don't want. <laughs> that scares me. You, you look at this, man, that's scary. I'm glad I'm not Aaron. Well, wait a minute. If you represent Jesus to the world, you got to walk right. So, okay, inside the veil here. Now we've gone in where nobody goes all year. Can you imagine going into this very center, center, center room? I went to what's called the Tabernacle Experience. They built up a, uh, a tabernacle that's to the scale and it, they tried to make it look as close to what the actual tabernacle was really like. And you get to go through the whole thing. And I remember going past that big veil where that ark was at. Now, I know that's not the real tabernacle today, but still this cold shudder came over me when I went through that veil because I was thinking, really, in the day, nobody, I, nobody was supposed to come in here. And I went in. It was dark. And there's, you can see that arc in there. And I'm just like, oh God, oh God. It, it just, it took all the composure I had to stay in that room. 
And then even more thinking, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit of God is in me now, very holy. I was just, ooh, the time we got out of that inner room, I come out of that veil, I'm like, oh, I was trying to shake it off. It's very intense. So here, here he's in this inside the veil in the center room where the presence of the Lord himself dwelled. And he was supposed to burn incense with these hot coals to make a lot of smoke. And the point of this, I think, I'm thinking traditionally or maybe why God's reason for this may have been, I'm suggesting this, okay, is possibly to keep Aaron from looking at the presence of God on the atonement cover. You can't look at God and live. So he's like, when you come in here, I want you to bring hot coals. I want you to put incense and just smoke the room up. Aaron and every high priest after him, they have all been just mere men, all of us. We are incapable of looking at the direct presence of God or it would kill us. God is so holy and so powerful. If you in your physical state right now were to see him, he'd kill you. It's too much for our mortal bodies to take. That's why he wouldn't let Moses look at him because I'll pass by, but you can't see me. It's very, very powerful. Leviticus 16 and 14. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Seven. Why not six? (laughs) In the Bible, the number seven is the number of completeness. We know in the creation days, God spent six days uh, creating everything. And then on the seventh day, he rested means he completed the work. So seven is completeness. So the purpose of sprinkling blood seven times is to completely atone for sin. He didn't, sin, he didn't cover 90%. He covered it all completely. Seven times is the number of complete, uh, completeness. Leviticus sixteen fifteen. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the veil. Do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins. And so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out, that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. See there, we got a quick recap. He had to do atonement first for him. Got to be right if you're going to do this work. For his house, your house has to be in order. Friends, you got to get your house in order. If you're out there proclaiming Jesus how to be saved, you get your house in order. If you got these marital problems, you're fighting and spatting and going back and forth, fix that, clean it up, get your house in order. Get, get right, and then you can be a, an effective witness. And then he did it for all the children of Israel, everybody. So I rem- want you to remember how there were two goats. One was the scapegoat, and the other was the Lord's goat. He was to bring the blood of the Lord's goat inside and sprinkle it on the mercy seat of the Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant. That was Israel's atonement for the covering of their sins, as well as for himself, his household. Now, this would be the priest's third time in. He was to go in. This was a repeated uh, entry here. 
his third time to go in behind the veil. And again, that veil divided, uh, divided between, it divided the room between man and where the ark was at. That represent, that was a representation of man's separation from God. I want you to remember when Jesus died on the cross, God ripped that veil in half. You remember that? That was God trying to show you, hey, there's no more separation anymore. Now we can be together. So this blood was to be done the same as the other sprinklings, seven times for complete and total atonement. Friends, thank God that we have Jesus Christ who completely forgave us. Can you imagine if he forgave all but one of your sins? Well, I did it all except that one. I'd still be condemned. He did it completely all the way. So again, seven times for total atonement. Now, this is what needed to be done to cleanse God's dwelling place as well as the people because the pollution of man's sin before God is absolutely disgusting. It makes him mad. He can't stand to look at it. Leviticus 16 and 18. And he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger. How many times? Not six, not eight, seven, all the way. Seven times completeness. Cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. The altar. It was this big box with they would throw uh, sacrifices in there and burn it. And each corner of this square, these horn-shaped things were, were up there. This is where people could burn sacrifices outside of the tabernacle. So he did the inside. He came out. Now he's doing the outside at this altar, outside where the burnt offerings were done. All of that had to be cleansed. Guys, we're looking at it. This is like spring cleaning stuff here. This is like clean everything, every nook, every cranny, inside, outside, your house, his house, their house, every all around. You can tell that the Lord God wanted absolutely everything cleaned up and cleaned up completely with nothing left undone. Sounds like a big job, isn't it? Sounds like if you were to leave it up to me, I couldn't quite get all of it done. Well, thank God Jesus got it all done for me. Leviticus 16.20 And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting, and the altar, a lot of work, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins. You notice it doesn't say most of them. It doesn't say just the what we consider the big ones. It says all of them. Putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. So here's the scapegoat again. One goat was killed for its blood to be sprinkled inside, but this other goat's purpose is to be sent away after you transferred all the nation's sins upon it. You get, you put your hand on the head, transference, you confess the sins. That means he's standing there talking. How many of you would like to uh, have your sins read off and me talk about it and all the stuff that we've done? Lord God, forgive this nation.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.